up, world? It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter, Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, do that now. Do me a favor. Go ahead and subscribe. Thanks for making Locked On Blazers your first listen every day. It's free on all platforms and five days a week. The only Daily Trailblazers podcast. Make it part of daily routine. Tell your friends to do the same. Today's episode, a very, very special one. We're joined by recurring guest on the program, Jason Quick of The Athletic. Jason, how you doing? I'm doing well, Michael. Good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's been a minute since uh, since you've been on the podcast. We've been able to see each other in, in real life, but we haven't recorded any yeah. of our chats uh, for the world to hear. Um, the Blazers have had some news. I want to talk about the Nazir Little news, talk a little bit about a great story you wrote on Yusuf Nurkic that published today in The Athletic, and then we kind of bounce around to the rest of the big topics. Let's start with the Nazir Little news. He's has a torn labrum in his left shoulder. He sustained it fighting for a rebound with Carl Anthony Towns on uh, Tuesday of this week. He came back and played in... Um, a minute or whatever, maybe one one defensive possession in that game. And so it didn't seem like it was a big deal, but now it's almost certain that a season is over headed for headed for very likely for surgery, although they haven't announced it yet. What's what's kind of your first reactions to the Nas news? Oh, just a total gut punch. Yeah. I mean he was so fun to watch this year and uh a major reason why to tune in and why to remain engaged and interested in this season because his development was so obvious and so fun. And like we've talked before, he's such a unique player for the Blazers uh, because of his athleticism and the way he can finish on breaks. Uh, They just haven't had that type of player for a while. So it was really fun to watch him play. Um, And, you know, I, I think we've been so conditioned to the Blazers being undersized, and he kind of gave them an element of, you know, real traditional basketball of having a, a small forward. Uh, and I think that just opens up a lot of options for this team. So it was fun to see him uh, develop like that. And I, I think if there's a silver lining in all of this, is that he had enough body of work to prove to the Blazers. Right. Prove to himself, prove to the fan base that, yes, I am worth it. Yes, I am going to be a player. Yes, you can build around me. So that is really positive. Like if he only had a 15 game, you know, body of work right. or even 20. But, you know, this has been a substantial body of work. And I think that has to make everyone once you get past the initial shock of him not being able to play the rest of the season, it, it, it it's comforting in a way. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you on the gut punch thing. Like, Nas was, this season, for the way it's going, like, the most important part of, of, like, moving forward is kind of the development for what's next, like, moving to what's next. And Nas and and Amphrey Simons are kind of the biggest parts of what's next. And Nas's growth was... Um, was going to be a huge part of that. Also, it was, and and I think you asked Chauncey Billups about this. Um, I, maybe I'm spoiling something that you were going to write, but um, he was, you know, it was going to force the question of whether Chauncey Billups is comfortable playing three guards, 
he really escaped that scenario. He did. He? he did. He did. Um, let me because he, he did not. He, he did not want to answer that straight up. He did not. Let's let let me take the listeners there. So uh, it's uh, Norm is coming back, uh, and he's the first game. Norm's coming back. He's coming off the bench, and so then and Jason asks like, "Hey, you know, how are you going to deal with this?" And Chauncey's like, "No, it's size isn't that important on the wing. It's just all about effort. It's all defense is just effort based, and you got to just play hard." Which is just patently not like Chauncey Billups doesn't believe that. Um, he's told us as much in the same public setting in the past. And he said, okay, when, you know, I don't want to give away Norm's starting role if he's injured and all these things. And he was, he just, he danced around it. Um, in the way yeah. that, in the way that uh, a guy who's spent 60 games now answering pregame media questions has gotten pretty good at doing. Um, Welcome to the league, Mr. Billups. Uh, you, you've, you've become a real vet. And then, you know, now you don't get to see that decision. You don't get to see whether Chauncey really thinks you can go forward with three guards or you desperately need more size at the three. I believe he thinks you need more size at the three. Um, I, I, I think he does. But now we just don't get to see that experiment play out because probably it's going to be Ant, Norm, and CJ starting for the for at least until maybe a trade happens, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, and that's the real tough part about being an NBA coach is sometimes knowing the correct way to play, but then you have to factor in egos and uh, experience and all that. And it, it it would be it would take a special player to um, accept losing your starting job and i think norm you know he's he's a pretty high character he's about the right things i think eventually they probably would have got to nasir starting and uh you know take your pick on who the other guards were but um i mean it would have been norm it would have been just the way the the, it would have been it would have been norm like the way it works yeah but yeah yeah i i figure too but uh you know I, i think he's the type that could stomach that and and look at it the correct way that, okay, I'll be the main guy in the second unit. I can get my shots and it's all for the betterment of the team. But uh, that's, that's what being an NBA coach is. Sometimes you have to make those hard decisions. And I think, uh, I think Chauncey knew what he's probably going to do, but I think he was probably trying to finesse it in the right way. Yeah. And and wait for the right time. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't gonna tell you like pregame like yeah you know Jay yeah Norm's up out of here we're gonna his ass is going to the bench like it was there's no value to yeah. be gained from that so um I I, yeah. I get why he didn't but like um it's. <laughs> It's kind of the thing I complained about uh, Terry Stotts in the past, so I want to give I want to give Chauncey the same uh, criticism. It's like you yeah. could just tell you could just tell the truth. Like that's an option to tell the truth, but I understand like finessing it as part of it, um, particularly game yeah. game one as Norm comes back. Like maybe that's not the time yeah. to to do it. Um, but now that's not a, not it's not on the table. I, I assume Nazir Little. I don't think the team has announced it. Is that right? He's they haven't announced his surgery, have they? No, and I haven't been able to uh, get any clarity from his agent uh, either on, on what's going on. I think everyone's just kind of absorbing the news. You know, it's really weird because when it happened, Nasir was in clear pain. Yes. You know, he was really writhing in pain. And then I was stunned that he came back into the game uh, for that late possession, late defensive possession. And I was kind of under the impression that, okay, it's not going to be a major thing. And then right. 
wow, that really floored me yesterday. Yeah. And, and uh, after the game, he said that, you know, like, oh, maybe I was being overly dramatic because once I got in the back, I was okay. And I've realized I was okay. And and they uh-huh. they announced like Nazir Little will return. And I, I saw the Slack update and I was like, what? really and then after then prior to the next game uh when Nas was ruled out like he wasn't going to play with the shoulder injury and that kind of makes sense hey wakes up the next morning he's sore you know that tracks um Chauncey Billups told told reporters that uh that it was nothing major so again this was like even after that game I thought like oh well you know he's just he's they're they're being cautious with him he's you know his shoulder hurts and then you get to the next day 24 hours later and it's like he's almost certainly headed for the end of the season. A couple other Blazer guys have had this, you know, uh, yeah. uh, Nick Batum, Batum, Zach Collins, Mars Leonard, uh, Ed Davis. Um, all of those dudes headed for surgery. Um, yeah, some of them opted and waited, but it's more like just delaying the inevitable. So I, I think that's where it's headed. But I guess there's a timeline about maybe when you do it, and we don't know the severity of it. So maybe there's a chance that he can just take some, like, you know, an extended time off and be okay. So, um, yeah, but. Bummer for Nas. Bummer. One of the most exciting parts of the season. But absolute, absolute bummer for for Blazer fans and for Nazir Little, who was really coming into his own as one of as 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 I looks like a dude who could start in the NBA. And that was the big question for him. And I think, like you like you mentioned earlier, like he I think he's he's shown that he can be part of that. Um, let's talk about another Blazers part in the second segment. You wrote a great story about Yusuf Nurkic that published today in the Athletic. I want to ask you about Nurk and that story that you wrote in the second segment. But first, I'm going to tell my listeners about BetOnline.ag, fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Whatever that sports action is, whether you want to bet on the NBA's regular season, the NFL playoffs, which are heating up with the conference finals this weekend or you want to bet in the nhl's regular season you want to bet on soccer all over the globe uh you want to bet on the australian open tennis finals that are happening this weekend um you want to bet on uh, jason's laughing because i may have gone to betonline.ag and, and donated some money uh not knowing on tennis <laughs> not knowing a, <laughs> enough about tennis uh be an expert uh but it's still it still have some fun whatever it is if you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on you get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit and that'll help mitigate some of your confusion about how much you know about tennis you get that 50 percent welcome bonus on betonline.ag and then you go um gamble on the australian open final finals you'll be okay because you're getting some free money that's bet online where the game starts lockdown blazers podcast is also supported by gresham family law do you have a family attorney well gresham family law could be that answer for you if you don't have one when you're faced with a big decision that could affect your family your future Remember that you don't have to face it alone. Gresham Family Law has your back. From helping you prepare for a successful marriage, to protecting your home, to preserving your legacy and ensuring that you that your last wishes are honored with respect, Gresham Family Law is here to provide holistic family law representation and counsel in the areas of family law, including divorce, custody, probate of wills, estate planning, and bankruptcy. So call Gresham Family Law right now at 503-465-9900 to set up an in-person consultation at their office at 1217 Northeast Burnside Road in Gresham. Or you can do a socially distanced consultation on Zoom or over the telephone, the good old-fashioned way. Home visits are also available for certain types of clients and cases. Visit GreshamFamilyLaw.com for more information. All right. 
Let's keep it rolling here with Jason Quick of The Athletic. Jason, you wrote a great story about Yusuf Nurkic. Everyone subscribes to The Athletic because Jason is is still, um, all these years later, doing the best job covering the Portland Trailblazers. Um, it's, uh, I don't mean to date you with that. I just mean, st- still got it, baby. Um, uh you wrote a great story about Nurk. What was what sort of struck you um, in this story that t- touches on Nurk's sort of f- present and future with the Trailblazers? Uh, yeah, you know, first off, it, this is probably, it, it was a series of two interviews, and it's probably the longest and most in-depth I've gone with Yusuf. And I felt like he kind of opened up a lot. Um Sometimes it's hard to totally understand where he's coming from. So you have to kind of go back to him a lot. Like, so is this what you meant here? Yeah. But I think um, the big thing is like he's having the best year of his career, but this has not been easy. Yeah. You know, this has been a process for him and for the team to get here. And the thing that stands out to me is like, one, he, he's getting the chance. And this reminds me a lot about of LaMarcus Aldridge. And I'm, I'm certainly not comparing them right. as players, but the situation reminds me of LaMarcus when Brandon Roy went down and then LaMarcus was kind of elevated into the number one option. And even though I don't think Nurk is necessarily the number one, I mean, he's he's probably 1A. He's sharing the the lead uh, focal point of the offense. And so we're seeing his game kind of blossom. Yeah. I think uh, we've always known this was there, but it, it's really, I think he feels really empowered right now and that he can be himself and be his full self. And, but it was interesting to me, the process that it took to get there, you know, the team meeting in November um, and, Incidentally, Chauncey Billups says they've had several team meetings where they've had to all kind of sit out, sit down and air out grievances or talk and communicate and try to get on the same page. And as a side note, you know, I know the Blazers record is still cruddy and uh, there's still a lot of issues, but I think we're starting to see things come together. I think the the way that they're playing is the way right now is is something to build on. They're playing hard. They're playing much better defense. They're sharing the ball. And this is the type of, of basketball that Chauncey Billups envisions right. for the Blazers. Now now all they have to do is get the right players in. You know, up upgrade and, and get more talent. Yeah, and not an, is, not an easy feat. But I do think I agree with you. Right. They've they've this it took 35 games or whatever, but this is more of what Chauncey envisioned for sure. Absolutely, right. And I think it's been through uh, a collection of team meetings and just hammering it home. And I think Nurk is a great example of this. And Nurk being able to sit in the team meeting and say, "I don't like my role, but I'm going to do it for you." Uh, and then the coaching staff going, "Okay, you're on board. We're going to coach you hard. We're going to." beat this floater out of you you know you're not (laughs) going to shoot this floater anymore and i think this is it's really it seems like such an easy thing you know everyone's always like just dunk nerd play down low right but 
you know, one thing I didn't put in the story is, is Nurk is like, my best season before was 2018, 2019. And, and me and Dame were killing it. Yeah. And on the pick and roll, I, I was shooting that floater from the free throw line, you know, and it was going in and I, and I was effective. But now he says teams are coming at him so much quicker off the pick and roll that, uh, it's not smart for him to shoot that floater. And so he's, they've really, Roy Rogers, Chauncey Billups, they've really drilled into him to get low because teams can't stop him down there. <clears throat> I think that has, uh, I, I think that's a obvious point, but it's been a really notable point that the, that Chauncey has kind of worn him down and got him to play this power style. And I think that's really smart because as the NBA is evolving and going to this positionless basketball and playing small, we've seen that the Blazers can punish some teams because they don't have personnel to stop Nurk. Yeah, I mean, even uh, just even even teams that have centers, Nurk is seven feet three hundred pounds. Yeah. There's just not that many dudes his size. He's just um, he's yeah. he's one of the truly big guys, and he has some real skills. Um, he's not you know he's not a he's not just a rim roller or whatever. Like he can post up, so you can. Pun right. it, you can go to him, um, and it took them a while to get, yeah. there, get to get to there. Yeah. So now, you know, I think the real interesting question is what the future holds for Nurk, absolutely, and how the Blazers view him, and how he views the Blazers. And you know, he's attached to this area, and but he's even more attached to Dame. Right. And, you know, he says he wants to play here as long as Dame is here, and as long as the Blazers want to win, and. He says that Joe Cronin has, you know, nobody in the organization has indicated that they're going to start intentionally losing games or start resting players. I think that might be coming, though. Yeah. Uh, and then, interestingly, he said Joe Cronin initiated uh, a conversation shortly after he took over and kind of assured him that uh, he was going to stay and that the team was going to continue to build around Dame, CJ, and Nurk. Um which is uh, kind of wild. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can, that kind of raised my eyebrows. And I was like, so you you have an assurance that you're going to stay? And he's like, well, as much as the, you can have an assurance in the NBA. So I think he realizes that, right. you know, they're going to listen to offers and whatnot. And, uh, but, you know, I, I think his point, he, he says, I don't think they're going to trade me because they can't get anyone better. Which is probably uh, true. I, Right. And and he brings up a good point. It's 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 not just Nurk as the player, it's it's how the Blazers want to play and how they want to play with Dane. Like the Dane Nurk pick and roll is awesome. Yeah, it's really good. I think it's one of the I think it's one of the best in the NBA. So that's something they have to consider because it, it sounds like Cronin has really committed to building around Dane. So if you're gonna build around Dane, why not keep the best pick and roll chemistry that he's ever had. Also, Nurk has been awesome on defense. I don't care what people say. And the stats back it up. I you're not a big fan of the Raptor, are you? No, I I, I Raptor is uh, Raptor is okay. I don't individual defensive rating makes no sense to me, but uh Raptor is uh, Raptor I think gets us closer in the right direction. Uh all individual yeah. defensive me- metrics I think are a little bit odd because it, it's they're tough. I think it's just tough it's, to it's, gauge. But yeah, and it's a team thing. Yeah, yeah. But Raptor accounts for your teammates, and you. I think you wrote he's like eighth, top ten in the league. Eighth. Yeah. Yep. Eighth. Yeah. Uh, 
And so if you're going to have, if you're going to play with Dame and, you know, you're going to need a, a solid defender right. at, at center. And I think Nurt fits that mold. And, and we've seen, you know, the, the numbers back it up. Anytime Nurk has been in the lineup while he's been in Portland, Portland's defense is much better. Right. They've mostly been and, average to above average with him in the lineup. And it's all those minutes without him that things go awry for, for three or four years, basically. So that's some pretty big stuff to really consider for the Blazers is, you know, the pick and roll chemistry with Dame, uh, his defense, and, you know, are they just discovering something? Are, have they untapped something uh, with him being more now down low, a power game, and being more empowered? It, it's something to consider. Because I, I think like a month ago, I would have said, Roko and Nurk are the first guys traded off this roster. Right. And and now I'm not so sure. I, and now I, you're just saying Roko is the first guy traded off this roster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, I think I think that this last month of basketball by Nurk has really given the Blazers something to consider. Yeah. Um I believe I, I kind of um I have, I have two minds of this. One, um, I think Nurk's been really good. Uh, and I, I think that's undeniable. Two, I kind of think the Dame stuff is tricky because I think Dame is good enough to run good pick and rolls with a lot of players in the league. Maybe not to yeah. this level, but I think I think Dame is the secret sauce in the pick and roll, not necessarily Nurk. Um, no doubt. And, and when Dame's back... Nurk's not getting no damn nine post touches a night. Like that's, it's just with Dame on the court, they run a different style of offense. Dame is one of the best offensive players in the league. He wants the ball in his hands. Um, We thought maybe this was tied to Terry Stotts, but it's pretty obviously tied to Dame's personal preferences on offense. It's how he wants to play. Um, It's it's hard to really criticize him. He's that good on offense, right? Like that, um, his personal preferences to have the ball in his hands and run a kajillion pick and rolls is because he's really good at it. So I think that, Nurk's not going to get the post touches he wants. I think Dame could elevate another pick and roll partner. I think those are that's certainly true. But I think the real tough needle to thread is if you trade Nurk now, how are you going to end up with an above average center on the roster in the fall? Like exactly. that that's that's that is to me that's the biggest argument for keeping Nurk. Um, as good as he's been, like I think he's valuable, which is like why you would consider trading him because he's good. Um, but I think it's from here we're recording this on January twenty eighth to say October twenty eighth. How do you end up with an, with the the weapons the Blazers are going to have or the assets the Blazers are going to have? You know, maybe probably a first round pick and no cap space. How do you get? to a, a starting center. I don't think you do. I think the best way to have a good center on the roster is to keep Yusuf Nurkic. That said, he's an unrestricted free agent this summer. Yeah. Um, if he wants to be here, he can be here. Um, but he also has the opportunity to leave if that, if that were to, uh, if that were to come up or if his asking price is to the point where the Blazers don't feel like they can pay it. There's not a lot of teams with cap space. I don't think that's going to happen, but um, there's certainly some hurdles to get to there. Um, You mentioned... And and make no mistake, he he was very uh, clear that being an unrestricted free agent is something he really values. It's going to be the first time in his career that he gets to dictate his terms and where he goes how much money, all that, you know? Yeah. First round picks earn unrestricted free agency. You're drafted. You have four years under the team that drafts you. Then after that, you are, um, 
you know, you're a restricted free agent. They can restricted, sign you again. Yeah. So you t- typically <clears throat> good players spend eight years under team control, like in terms of, of like, because restricted free agency isn't free agency. So to get to this point, it means that you've, you're, you're having an opportunity to sign a third NBA contract. Like you earn unrestricted free agency. So I'm, I am all for exercising yep. that right, exercising that agency, because you, if you get to this point as a first round pick, you prove that you've, you deserve it because you're tip, it typically yep. means you're a good basketball player. Um, let's talk a little yep. bit about what's next for the Blazers in the, in, to close out the show. But first tell my listeners about built bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Whether uh, you're looking for the fruity flavors like raspberry or orange or the super chocolatey flavors like double chocolate or mint brownie, you'll find something that fits your palate on Built.com. Plus, they've got new limited time flavors all the time. They're switching it up, so make sure you're checking that website for what they might have for you. Regardless of the new flavors or some standing, some uh, old vets that you appreciate, all of them pack a punch, 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and no more than 5 grams of net carbs. All tasty, all healthy. Go get yourself some. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. Still chatting with Jason Quick of The Athletic. Jason, I feel like in the last month, the Blazers have gone through a cycle of rebuild maybe not rebuild rebuild like <laughs> uh it's it's been maybe a little more than a month but they've they've like where are we in the flow because i think when 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 joe cronin took over it was like we're gonna go for it then the team totally hit a skid and he was like i think the thinking was we are not gonna go for it anymore and then they won some games they've looked better over the last three weeks and it's like maybe we you know where are they like what what do you what's your read on sort of where they are in terms of uh tanking or not tanking or whatever word you want to use. Oh, I think we're probably headed uh, directly toward playing for the draft pick now. I mean, the Nasir injury was really a gut punch. And, you know, not to make too much out of a January NBA game, but that Minnesota loss was really, really tough for them. I mean, they, they had some momentum. And I think you could start thinking about maybe climbing up to right seventh in the standings, but that was a big loss. Yeah. You know, that was a really big loss. And then you, you know, they get really shorthanded against Dallas and get, get waxed. And I, I think the writing's on the wall now, you know, they'll win a couple games this weekend playing the Rockets, playing the thunder. Um, but yeah, it, it logic tells you that they should uh, probably start to, look at the lottery sure i i, I think that's and and and, and, I don't, and i don't know what that looks like you know i don't know if they uh you know who they sit or what but you know right now a lot of those questions are being uh and a lot of it's out of their hands you know right Roko being hurt yeah i mean and some of Nance it is being hurt yeah. little out now it's like some of it, they probably don't have to rest players, right? They can just, um, they can just not have an NBA quality small forward on the roster as they currently do. And they'll, they're just going to struggle. Um, and they don't have a backup center right now. I, I'm a big trend of Watford guy, but he's not an NBA quality backup center at this stage in his career. He is yep. a young guy trying to figure it out. Um, like, so I think some of the lo- the losses will just come by talent, right? Like if they don't, 
if, yeah. if they don't go sign t- yeah. 10 day guys to figure it out, like they're going to, some of these losses are just going to come with talent. Um, it seems like there's still a big thing for the Blazers to get under this uh, luxury tax line. They're 3 million over Robert Covington is. Almost, I think that'll be easy. Yeah. Robert Covington's also almost certainly going to be traded. Are there other big, you know, other big changes that you, I, I'm not saying like you have this, that Joe Cronin has laid out the blueprint for you, but um, do you, do you foresee some, like, could there be some major moves here coming up in the next couple weeks? Oh, I'm yeah, I'm sure. But I don't think they're in any specific rush. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like they, they feel like they're under pressure to make a move now. It's not like they are a team in contention where you have that kind of, uh, immediacy that that you have to get this roster better this team this is just an opportunity for them to, to improve you know and then they still have the draft and uh they can make a trade on draft night you know or right. leading up to the draft so uh, i don't think they're under pressures is what i'm saying but i think he's going to look at all options obviously and see if he can capitalize and and you know make a big deal i i don't think he's going to be afraid yeah um so, but I, I think, I think people are anticipating a big move and I think they might be a little disappointed. I think it might be uh, a little bit more around the margins uh, at the trade deadline. And then they really kind of restructure things in June. Yeah. I, I mean, if you just look at sort of, like you said, like with the rush stuff, it's like they kind of got to trade Robert Covington before February 10th because he's entering restricted yeah. free agency. If, you know, if Cronin made this commitment to NERC, um, then that then maybe they don't tra- you know trade Nurk. maybe they go into maybe he's part of the future plan like we mentioned in the previous segment like it's it's going to be hard to upgrade over Nurk. so maybe just positionally it makes more sense to hold on to him but if if you're talking about trading CJ McCollum or Norman Powell both of those gentlemen are under contract for multiple years you there is you, you yeah. can get that done in July i mean it's not going to be i don't know if it gets any easier it might just get different but um yeah but it's not like if you don't make a move in February that you've cost yourself an opportunity to do so right Right. Um, you know, you you mentioned that they might the could be headed direction of resting players, and let's we don't need to speculate on that. But what do you like with no Nas? Like, what do you want to see from this group over the last half of the season? Like, what what is what is yeah. of value for them? Well, the huge thing for me right now is uh, Anthony Simons, and I think it's been really concerning the last week his ball security. Yep. You know, we saw. Uh, in the Minnesota game in the fourth quarter, he has really, really bad turnovers. And then same thing in the Toronto game yep. when that game was a 30 point game. And then they started pressuring him more and it was some really ugly turnovers, you know, backcourt turnovers. Yep. And that was kind of entering the season. That was one of his biggest question marks because he was uh, last season, he was he was picked a couple times yeah. at half court. I I remember Alex Caruso picked him, um, and there were a couple others. Yeah, Faku so, Campazzo got him once. Yep, um, and right. somebody else. And I think basically Terry like just took him out of the point guard role from that point forward. Exactly. He was like, exactly. He's like, nope, we can't do this. Um, Stotts, yep. a risk averse coach, was just like, no, 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 no. We got to get the ball across mid court. Yep. yep. So that's going to be a big thing. Uh, that I'm going to watch for the rest of this season is, is how Ant handles pressure. Because I think that the scattering reports out now Yeah, and in NBA scattering reports uh, spread like wildfire. Mm-hmm. And I think the word is out that you pressure Anthony Simons. 
And, you know, initially I thought he handled that well. Teams were double teaming him and stuff and he was making the right read. But now it's a different kind of pressure. It's a more picking you up uh, pressure and he hasn't handled it well. So that I think that is going to be the next evolution of Anthony Simons. And it's also, you know, that can be the difference between commanding $20 million or commanding $15 million. Yeah. You know, a season. Because if you're planning on playing him as point guard, you need to be able to handle and and protect the ball, particularly in the fourth quarter. Yeah. He, you know, that the Minnesota game, as I said earlier, was such an important game, I think, for the Blazers. And that fourth quarter was, boy, it was, it was really a, a black mark on, on Anthony's wonderful January. Yeah. He'd been so, so, so good. And that was a chance. Like he, you know, he had a couple opportunities to kind of say like, okay, like we need to win a game against a team that's sort of right on our level or maybe a little more talented than us and I can do it. And he just, he, he didn't, um, he didn't rise to that occasion. And he had been so good that it kind of stands out that it's like, oh yeah, hey, yeah. this is a failing. Like we haven't seen him fail in a while. This is a failing. Yeah. Um, for sure. I, and I think. So you like, you like to see how young, young players respond to this. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Do, do they, do they address it? Do they get better? Do they learn from it? So that's what I'm going to be watching uh, in these upcoming games. Yeah, that's. I mean, th- I I think you that that's the big one, right? Like that's I, it's one of the bummers about Nods not being here. Is it's like you want it when a team is is heading towards uh, playing for a draft pick. You want to see young guys develop. Um, CJ McCollum's yeah. CJ McCollum's thirty. Like we've seen him develop. He's you know <laughs> yeah. Norman Powell's twenty eight. Uh, you know it's like these dudes are these are kind of formed uh, players. And so it's like the young guys see what they can build on. I think you make a good point about Ant. Like it's, um, if he's a point guard, he's special, right? Because you can put the ball in his hands a million times. If he kind of is better as a combo guard. Um, and I've, uh, I had Terry Stotts told me combo guard was an insult at one point. He said, it means, it means guys can't play. And I was like, no, it means they could do a couple <laughs> different things. But he, he said it was combo guards used as an insult. So I don't want to, I meant like, if he's more two than one, it does change the right. calculation for him. Um, absolutely. So um, I yep. think I think Ant's growth as continuing to be a one is um, is is going to be the biggest thing moving forward. Um, all right, let's get you out of here, Jason. Listeners, go subscribe to the Athletic. Jason's writing great stories. He's got a great story on Nurk. Like he he talks a lot about it here, but there's more to it than that. Nurk's connection to the community, how he feels tied to Portland, um, a moment of him calling out his teammates, just scenes and moments and stories that you're not going to get anywhere else. So go subscribe to the Athletic and read Jason's work. Also, tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can get it wherever they already get podcasts as well as on YouTube. And make this show your first listen every day. Make it a part of your daily routine and then tell your friends to do the same. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.